This morning, as we were worshiping, I was thinking of King David worshiping with all his might before the Lord. And of course, his wife looked out and despised him. And, you know, she wasn't too thrilled about his behavior. And um, the Lord said, that is a man after my heart. So there's, there's, um, there's freedom here too. Oh, I think I've got the sun in my hand. Should I trade it out? There's a fire engine in the toddler room. <laughs> that must have been a toy a grandparent brought. <laughs> right? Grandparents get those kinds of toys. Okay, so. It's light. Suzanne, I'm going to borrow your light. Father, we just thank you for your, your presence with us already today. You're always with us. You never leave us. You never fail us. God, you're so faithful. Thank you for putting that on Suzanne's heart, Lord, that the theme of this morning was your faithfulness and your grace. And uh, Lord, we, we can look back in our lives and just see your track record in each of us. And we have the written word that we can look at and just see um, your faithfulness. And so, Lord, um, I, I just, uh, Father, thank you for your faithfulness right now. Your faithfulness to guide, your faithfulness to bring clarity, your faithfulness, Lord, to um, to lead us forward in this adventure that you have for us in this time, and that you're bringing the church forth as salt and light in the world, and you're making her shine, causing her to walk in the good works that you prepared beforehand that she would walk in them. So we thank you for that. Thank you that you are the divine orchestrator of all things. So I have a lot of thoughts going around in my head and typically when I study the word, I end up studying something else sort of related and then I get into that and then just find something else sort of related if you, if you do Bible study, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you can study a lot of things, and uh, but the, the the thing that keeps coming back to me is kind of an odd passage, and I'll I'll get Lorraine to put it up, uh, but not yet. Numbers 15, starting at verse 32, because I want to preface this because it's a, I don't know I've never heard anybody talk about this passage. It's it's strange, and you're going to wonder where I'm going. So I'm just going to say before you even read it, hangeth thou in there. You'll be okay. It's in the Bible, okay? It's in the Bible, but it's gonna, you're gonna go like, where is she going with this? So I'll just tell you how I got there. And um, I've been listening to the daily audio Bible in the mornings, and I, I love the exercise of listening. In Hebrew, to hear is better translated to listen, to hear and obey, to hear and to put into action, as James would say, right? And so active listening, and this, this always was evident to us where we worked in Africa with a preliterate culture. People didn't, some, very few people wrote French, and very even fewer wrote Arabic. And their, their mother tongue wasn't yet written. And their memories were like steel traps for dates. They didn't have calendars. They certainly didn't have cell phones. But they remembered because they had trained their brains to listen actively and retain so I was always stunned at that, and people couldn't recite entire 
the, when the uh, places where there was Bible translation going on, uh, one time a blind translator stood up and recited the whole book of Jonah, and kind of won the contest, the first guy <laughs> who had the contest for Bible memory. But it's really good to actively listen. And so I, I hope I'm training myself to listen better as I listen to the scriptures. But reading through the entire Bible, you are exposed to the things that you don't naturally gravitate to. And it's good. It's a good practice. It's a good discipline because it fills out our theology. And one of the things that I'm doing right now and Bruce is doing as well is we're, we're talking, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And um, so I actually just started with the word holy. And what does holy mean? And I, I've been studying on that. It's interesting that the first occurrence, and I explained a little bit that first occurrence kind of sets the precedent in the Bible. The first occurrence of the world word holy is when God shows up to Moses and says, the ground on which you're standing is holy ground. Now, Moses didn't find a holy place. He saw the burning bush and he went there, but it was made holy because God was there. But maybe more importantly, God went to where Moses was. <laughs> Isn't that our God? Wow, I never even thought of it that way until yesterday. I was like, God went to where Moses was and said, you're standing on holy ground because I'm here. So that is true of us every day right thank you and uh so joshua when joshua is about to lead the army into the promised land the angel of the lord shows up and says the ground where you are standing is holy so um god is doing he's always doing a new thing he, he likes new he likes fresh he likes to, to do new things and, but certainly in this time of, um, since these, you know, the last couple of years, we really have a sense that he's rebuilding the structure of the church, right? That the church would be rebuilt, restructured, renewed, refreshed, reset to something looking more like the Book of Acts, I think. And so that's why we leave so much space for the Holy Spirit, because we don't want to fall into uh, our own customs and things to do. Does that make sense? So that's why there might be these pauses and hesitations because we're not trying to be professional. <laughs> we're trying to be led by the Spirit. Okay. So, um, so as I'm listening, and then um, Lolo, if you have that, Numbers 15. Numbers, in this portion of Scripture, um, God is taking a people. You two just came out of, you know, here was... Let's just do a timeline. Adam and Eve in the garden. God creates a perfect environment for them and walks and talks with them. And that is lost, right? Abraham, friend of God, you know, all through until we have the, the family of Israel, just 70 people go down into Egypt and then become this massive population of millions in the furnace of slavery. The only problem is, they think like slaves now, right? So God takes them through miracles, signs, and wonders and says, guess what? I'm God, and I'm going to show the world, and he shows Pharaoh, and he takes them out. They cross the Red Sea. They're in the wilderness, and he's developing a people. And people have said, well, 
God took the people out of slavery, but then he had to get the slavery out of the people, right? That mindset. And that's what I'd like to talk about today is mindset. Because God has things for us to do, and we don't want our mindset, any wrong thinking, to hold us back. Because we can be one belief away from, you know, whatever the next thing is that God wants to do. We don't want to miss it because of um, broken thinking, right? And um, I think we all hear voices. Would we admit that we hear voices? Yeah. Okay, Travis, the, the, the honest man in the house. Marcus just telling us he hears voices. We hear the voice of the Lord. My sheep hear my voice, right? So if you don't think you hear the voice of the Lord, lie number one has just been identified. You hear the voice of the Lord. It's going to sound like your own voice sometimes. But how many know you, sometimes we hear a voice that's not the Lord's? Okay. Oh, I'm getting more hands on that. That's disturbing, people. <laughs> Come on. So we are, we're going to talk about those voices. So uh, in Numbers, now God is setting up how to take a people from slavery mindset to holiness mindset. And holy with regard to the Lord means not like you. <laughs> holy means other, only in regard to God. Holy things are set apart for God who is other. He's not like us. He says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, and my ways aren't your ways. One time he said, you know, I was quiet, and so you thought I was like you, but I'm not going to be quiet anymore. And that was kind of bad news. <laughs> it was good news, but it was not immediately good news. So sometimes we have to go through some of the bad news to appreciate the good news. Good Friday is also called Black Friday. We're coming up on Easter. It's we have to go through the pain and the suffering and the sacrifice of Christ to get to the resurrection. Sometimes we as Protestants like to jump right to the victory. But if we understand some of the darkness that was conquered, it makes us able to stand in his righteousness and his glory and what he paid for on the cross. So in this passage in Numbers, there's a whole bunch of law. And Moses, God is giving Moses law and telling people how to live because they don't know how to live. And in fact, there hasn't been a people in the history of the earth to this point who know how to live righteously, how to please a holy God. And so God lines it all out, and that's called the law. And Romans tells us the law is holy, righteous, and good. The law is not the problem, is it? Sin is the problem. Okay? So in the midst of this, uh, Lorraine, have you got that? Numbers 15, starting at verse 32. So in the midst of this, there's this little story amidst the law of someone who was a lawbreaker. Now while the sons of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering wood on the Sabbath day. And those who found him gathering the wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation. And they put him in custody because it had not been declared what should be done to him. And the Lord said to Moses, the man shall surely be put to death. And all the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him to death with stones, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. So I'm listening to this on my daily audio Bible, and I was like, wow. You know, in Exodus 34, it says, we sang it today, 
the Lord, the Lord, gracious and compassionate, long-suffering and full of kindness. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm trying to reconcile this in my brain, Lord, help me. <laughs> How is it that the man, because uh, it sounds to me, not being honest with you, gathering wood cost him his life. Does anybody sort of have an inkling that that sounds a little disproportionate? Be honest. <laughs> it sounds a little disproportionate, doesn't it? So I'm like, God, whenever there's an apparent con contradiction in the Bible, ask God how to ask the right questions. And so I said, so how is it? How are you merciful and compassionate? Tell me with this. Help me with this law thing. And so the Lord said to me, ask the right questions. And I'm like, help me. <laughs> so um, the Lord said, what was the man thinking? So let me just set the stage here. It doesn't seem like people had broke the Sabbath until now. The Sabbath is based on God working six days, creating the entire universe and saying, the Sabbath is holy. I rested, so you're going to rest because I actually know what's best for you. And so the, the man did not forget it was the Sabbath because their entire existence revolved around the Sabbath. And so, and now just ask yourself, if somebody in the people of God decides to go contrary to the rhythm of God and the commandments of God, what's he thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm asking for answers. What might he have been thinking? We don't know. Any ideas? The need was greater than the law. Okay, my need for firewood so my wife could cook or whatever, keep the tent warm, was greater than the law of God. Is there a lie behind that? Oh my. Anything else? What might he have been thinking? He refused to rest. He refused to rest. So in other words, my idea tops God's law, God's commandment, God's word. That's a biggie too, right? There's some biggies here. Anything else? I can do what I want to do. Who is God to boss me around? This is the people of God, right? This is the Israelites. Anything else? No one will see. No one will know. What if everybody did, right? The rule doesn't apply to me. Anybody know anybody like that? Or are you sometimes like that? Well, that, that, those rules are just for people who don't know, but I know, so I'm okay. I'm not just going to break the rule, right? We are shameless lawbreakers sometimes, aren't we? So suddenly, the emphasis went off God being good or God being consistent to man disdaining God's word. Does it make sense? So in the world today, people do what they do and say what they say and value what they value because they have absolutely don't think the word of God is relevant to them. But what about in the church? What about in the people of God? If the people of God in their pride, because really that's the root, isn't it? 
If in our arrogance we say, well, I know better than God. I, I don't need to do that. So I'm not putting us back under the law so just go like, oh, goodness sakes, because none of us could do that. But no one will be saved by keeping the law. Only Jesus could do that. We're under a new covenant. But, but God wants to point out broken mindsets because really, it's the mindset that dates back to the garden. Did God really say, says the serpent, right? And the thing that amazes me in that passage, no one's in awe that there's a snake talking, yeah. right? It's like, there's a snake talking to you, girl. What point are you like, ah, there's a snake talking to me. There's just this like, well, uh, maybe, maybe he said, we, and you know what, he, he had enough of the language in there. Did God really say that you should not eat from any tree in the garden? So like the words that are there, they're just a little twisted, right? That's what he does. He's the father of lies. And Eve says, well, he said we shouldn't eat from the tree in the middle of, garden, of the garden, nor should we touch it, which she added in. So the enemy is playing the same game because he lies and lies are cheap. Intimidation and lies are his top tactics because they don't cost him very much. He's on a budget, you know. He's a created being. <laughs> he only has limited resources, not like the father who has unlimited resources. And he's used the same tactics time immemorial so what i saw this morning when we were worshiping is i saw a vision of people breaking out like a calf out of a stall have you seen a newborn lamb like not new newborn but a, a, a really young lamb or a really young calf in the spring and they bust out and they're like they're doing this kick up their heels thing and they're like flipping themselves all over the place because they're trying to kick up all four feet at once have you seen that that's like Fullness of life, fullness of joy, that's full-on exuberance. And that's what I saw. God said, that I want to take my people to the next level of joy. And it ties in with, I already told Bruce this this morning, I keep seeing pictures of things falling into place. One is a, a big domino um, picture. Lorraine says there's a show about this where people build domino pictures and you push one domino and all of these things are going into place at once and it makes this beautiful image. And then I've been seeing a ship in a canal that's going up in a lock and it goes into each, each holding place and the water level rises so it can go to the next place. And so I feel like that is a word for the people of God, that we're in a place where God is raising the level to take us to the next place. It's not gonna happen maybe as quickly. We always want it to happen yesterday, don't we? Like Val says, I've been waiting 40 years, right? But God is faithful and God is taking us to these places. But I think he wants to heal us of broken thinking. I think he wants to identify in our hearts and our minds where we have broken thinking. Well, a couple weeks ago, we talked about biblical hope and I quoted Francis Frangipan, who said, any place in your life that doesn't glisten with hope, you're probably believing a lie. You know, Lord used that to, to convict me 
immediately of something that I didn't realize I was believing a lie in, and it was keeping me from having hope. It was keeping me from believing correctly. Not believing correctly brings death and destruction because that's who Satan is. He's the father of lies, and of course we saw what happened in the garden and the fall and sin coming in, and the guy picking up the sticks the congregation has to stone him. That's miserable. That's miserable. And so there's your neighbor who decided to gather firewood, and now I, we've got to throw stones at him until he dies. And God wants us to know that sin and unbelief and disobedience is costly. And that will affect all the people of God. In fact, it won't just affect them. He knew it would affect them. That's why he wanted that person to be an example. And, you know, we have it in Jesus. One dies for the many. He didn't want the people to be infected. Because when we're infected with wrong thinking and wrong believing, it will, it will spread like a virus, right? As will goodness and mercy and grace and all the things that are the antidote for that. So again, we're not staying in this place, but sometimes we have to see where we're believing lies so we can address them and get to the truth. Because truth, what's the rest of the verse? Truth sets free, says in John. But actually the verse before that says, if you abide in my word, and my words abide in you, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's amazing to me how many times I quote half a verse or a verse out of context and claim it for my own. The truth will set you free. Whose truth? Not my truth. What's with the world and all this my truth crap? Sorry. It is. It's garbage. It's not your truth. It's his truth. If my word abides in you and you abide in the word, I'm probably scaring my granddaughter there. Sorry, tell me. She was laughing. She was laughing at me. But watch out, that girl's coming up. <laughs> if if you abide in my word, and my word abides in you, you will know truth and the truth will set you free why because because your little holy spirit light goes on and says me 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 that's false that ain't true that's not good whoa off center let's re-examine that right if you're in the word of god the holy spirit in you is going to quicken that and say uh-uh off course get back in line right he keeps us coordinated with what he wants to do so, so lies, um, lies delay destiny. I think we have an example of that when God is about to bring the people of God into the promised land. Moses and Aaron don't get there because they dishonored God and didn't respect his holiness. Ouch. Serious, right? Because God does not change. This is what you have to reconcile in your own brain. There's not an Old Testament God and a New Testament God. There's just God. 
He changed in the way he interfaced with man and made himself completely accessible through the blood of Christ. But he's still holy, he's still other. His thoughts are not our thoughts, but we have now the mind of Christ. And so God is training us up through conformity to the image of Christ, completing that good work that he's begun in us, that we will think like God. And it takes being in the word of God, it takes submitting to the Holy Spirit, and it takes being in the body. And I'm gonna say that, you're gonna hear me say this a lot. People in isolation are going to be led astray because you need the, you not only do you need fellowship, how we know now we need fellowship, right? You need to be hearing the body and weighing things together before God. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and the elders to send out Paul and Silas. They reasoned together. We need to be in fellowship. We need to be have people that we know are in the word and hearing the voice of the Lord and bounce things off them so that we can know, because we don't always get it right. None of us gets it right 100% of the time. It's called sanctification and growth. <laughs> That's why we need one another. When the people of God went to go into the land that God had prepared them for, first of all, there was a generation that, that didn't enter in because they believed a lie. Ouch. Their kids entered in. And then Joshua leads them and he, and he uh, sends out 12 spies. And the, the land is so rich, it takes two guys to carry a thing of grapes, a cluster of grapes. Eshkol, Valley of, of Eshkol is this massive bunch of grapes. Wow. You're like, right on, let's go, right? And the, and, but the 10 spies get the bad report and they start lies. And the next day, the whole of Israel is crying out to God and saying, take us back to slavery. Ah, this is broken thinking. This is believing the lie. And it delayed destiny. Now you can say, the sovereignty of God is over all. He knows when they're gonna get there. He knows what they're gonna do. But I tell you what, he's looking for cooperation. He's looking for us to walk into those works, it says in Ephesians, that he prepared beforehand that we would walk into. And one thing I learned in my initial study on holiness was, especially in Ezekiel, in the book of Ezekiel, God's holiness shone through his people because now he's taken a holy nation, right? It's, it says so in the Old Testament, and then Peter says it again a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. That he's going to, through the holy nation, demonstrate his love and power to the nations. And we're there again. We're there again. So, what if he's saying to us, hey guys, the ground on which you're standing, it's holy because I've shown up where you are and I love you and I have everything you need to walk into the future. But he wants us to deal with some broken thinking. So I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit because this is heart surgery and you need an expert, right? So I want you to ask the Lord, is there any area of my life that does not glisten with hope 
And then what is the lie that I'm believing? I'm just going to give you a couple minutes to do that, okay? Let Holy Spirit speak. Here's some indicators, right? If you are stressed, if you are worried and anxious, if you are sleepless, right? Those are areas where we need to say, what's going on? What's going on? And then how do you combat a lie with truth? Okay? The truth of God's word. So whatever that is, you know, I'll, I'll just give you a, here's the most recent one. I, I, I think most women have some personal appearance ones that replay, right? When you get low, and I, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm not going to go over it. <laughs> the more that you speak truth to that voice when it comes at you and says you're this or you're that, and it's a negative voice, the more you combat it with the truth, the less he will bug you on that front. Right? It's not worth his time. You're fortified. So here's here's one that just happened recently to me that I noticed was a lie in my life. So our dear friend Vera Anderson passed away. Vera's, Vera asked that I do her memorial service. I was shocked. One of her daughters called me and I was, was utterly shocked. And so next month we'll have a, a memorial service for Vera here. And then I realized that I was dreading that. And I'm like, why would I be dreading? See, it took me a while, though, to even ask this question. I was like, there's just this, this dark fear and anxiety in my heart starts to go, blah, blah, every time I think about it. And I'm going, wait a minute, I'm dreading my friend's celebration of life. She is in heaven, she is whole, she's in glory. And I was like, what is going on? And so I said to the Lord, show me the lie. And he said, well, you're, you're afraid. You're afraid I'll let you down. You're afraid you'll be embarrassed in front of everybody. You're afraid you'll let the family down. You're afraid you won't bring enough honor to Vera or the Lord. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> okay. So let's deal with that. This isn't about me. And usually that will be the case with your lies. He wants you to make it about you. What if it wasn't about me? What if it was about God coming through 
and doing something honoring and glorious and uplifting. That sounds like God, right? That sounds like the Father. So again, any place where you feel like you've lost hope, go to the scripture, ask the Holy Spirit for the opposite, the truth, and have something to speak truth. God, you are faithful. God, you will, you, you, I will open my mouth and words will, you will fill it with words. You lead and guide by your Holy Spirit. You are the great orchestrator. You know, speak the truth to your own heart. Because, because God has good things for us. I'm going to shock you again because I'm going to drop some F words. I am because Dell stole one word and created an F-bomb and the kingdom of heaven is full of really good F-words like family and faith and fullness and favor and fulfillment and fruitfulness. And that's what God has for us. My middle name is Francis after my granny, so I'm the old protective of F, the letter F. <laughs> so God has amazing things for us to walk into. And there, that fullness comes with submitting my mind. Look what we have on the side of our wall. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy. Think about such things. And the God of peace will be with you. Peace is our, also one of our monitors, right? The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. Because this is where the battle is, right? So I'm giving you homework. When does a pastor ever give you homework? I want you to finish business with Jesus on the broken stuff. If you've got a lie that needs to be dealt with, and if you need to find a trusted friend, because here's the thing about lies, they come with emotions. And you can't just stuff emotions because they'll boop, boop, pop back up like trying to put a rubber ball in your water. You can stuff them for a while, but they'll pop back up. So if you get some emotion tied to a lie, take it to the Lord. If you have a trusted friend, together seek the Lord and find the truth and find the wholeness because God is raising up an army. It looks a lot like a family. But it's like, you know, people have enough kids to have a baseball team. It's like a baseball team and a family. We're an army and a family. And God is raising us up. And he wants us to walk in fullness and wholeness. Gideon, a whole destiny of a nation, rode on Gideon's beliefs about himself and God. He says to the angel, he says, where is God? Where's the God that performed all these miracles? Now he's abandoned us to the Midianites. And God had to correct a few things in his thinking, didn't he? But if Gideon had to come into line with thinking, though I'm the least in my family, though I'm the, 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 the smallest clan, whatever it was, God says, I love guys like you. I'm gonna take a guy named David who doesn't believe the lies and I'm gonna make him the ancestor of the Messiah, and he's going to slay giants, and he's going to lead people because he got over himself. Back in when he was looking after a bunch of sheep, he got over himself, and he believed truth about who God was 
and says, You uncircumcised Philistine, you're coming down. Off with his head. Right? That's what we do with the lies. Off with their head. Alright? Bless you, God. Lord, I just pray that you would um, help us to follow through. Lord, I'm thinking of a tennis, tennis serve, golf swing. A lot of what where the ball goes <laughs> is determined by the follow-through. So I pray for my family here that you would help us all to follow through with you, to do business with you, to say, God, I, I'm not supposed to wear any shackles because I don't live back there in Egypt anymore. I'm free. So Lord, if I'm still shackled in my beliefs, in my thinking, in anything that's holding me down, Lord, break the chains, break the lies. Suzanne, not even knowing where we were going, Holy Spirit knew she prayed for lies to be broken today. And so we pray that. We pray that. We pray for lies to be broken. We pray for truth to come in and fortify, like pouring a big floodproof foundation based on the rock, on the rock, on the rock, that will not be moved, though the storms come, Lord, and that you would free people, like cats let out of the stall, to receive more of you, because you've got way more. You've got all these, all these things waiting for us, Lord. Favor, fullness, freedom, family. You put the lonely in families, God. And so, Lord, I just, I release more, 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 more than we think we can stand. Build our capacity, Lord, to receive more and to hunger and thirst for you and your righteousness. And we will be satisfied. That's a promise. We bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Go in the salt and light. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.